The Bible reading today is from 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 58. And before Crystal comes to read and Shannon comes to preach, let me pray that the Holy Spirit will prepare our hearts. Thank you, Father, that you send your Son, Jesus, to be our once-for-all blood sacrifice, cleansing us from our sin and opening the way for us to enter into your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us Holy Spirit to guide, encourage, and teach us. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you will open our hearts and minds to receive your word as it is read and preached. Your word is truth. Amen. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash of a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the death will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal of immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the sin of power is the law. But thanks to be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Well, good morning, everyone. And welcome, especially those of you who are visiting. I trust you're having a great holiday down here in lovely Victor Harbour. We've really turned the weather on this week. I wish we had more of this over summer, but, um, well, better late than never. What a passage today. Now, I did some interesting research. According to the Australian Beauty Industry Statistics of 2023 edition... Australians spend a whopping $22 billion on beauty products each year. Now, that blew me away. Now, guys, before you uh, start pointing, look at looking over at the uh, ladies, you, uh, you need to be aware that uh, you guys are a massive part of this. Or we are a massive part of this, I should say. <laughs> Uh, we spend a large share of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I couldn't find the average spending of the blokes, but here's the women's. On average, women spend 3600 each each year on uh, beauty products. Pretty crazy, isn't it? Now, on, uh, on another subject, has anyone, ever, has anyone here tried to book an appointment to see a doctor lately? Goodness me, you have to wait months, don't you? You wouldn't want to be uh, dying within a few weeks. The, uh, the wait is so long and there are so many people seeing doctors, it's difficult to see one. 
how much time and effort do we spend religiously uh, exercising or unhealthy eating? The fact is, we spend a lot of time and effort and money fighting the war against perishing, against ageing, death. Though it's good to be healthy, unfortunately, deep down, we know we are fighting a losing battle. We are all going to end up in the same boat as everyone else. We're all going to die. We will never win this war on ageing and death. Over the past couple of weeks since Easter, we have seen that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead and that we too will be raised from the dead and given a resurrected body like Christ. And today we're going to see what this means for us and how it shapes the way that we live and that we think. From 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 to 58, I will answer these three questions. Why we need the resurrection, how God will give victory over death, and how we should respond. Firstly, if you've got your handbooks on the way in, you'll have the um, outline in there. First of all, imperfection cannot inherit perfection. And second, we will be victoriously changed to perfection. Third, victory is given through Jesus Christ. And fourth, we should serve the Lord in victorious hope. My prayer is that for us today, that we'll be encouraged to live in assurance of perfect victory. To live in assurance of perfect victory. First of all, let's look in verse 50. Imperfection cannot inherit perfection. Paul says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. You see, now, a lot of us know this, but we're going to have a, lot, a, bit, of a, a bit of a reminder, a bit of a, a refresher, yeah, a bit brought, brought back down to earth and why we need to be changed. The problem is the world, is, including us, is cursed as a result of sin. The consequence of sin is death. We see from Genesis that when sin entered the world, death entered also. What was originally created as perfect and imperishable because of sin is now subject to decay. It perishes and dies. We don't have to look far to see this. We see nature where habitats and, uh, and all of God's creation is slowly dying. Experts say that the Great Barrier Reef only has less than 10 years before it's all dead. And this week I'll be remembering my dear Nan's uh, death three, from three years ago. But death isn't just the cease of physical life. It's also relational. We also see it in our relationships with one another, how fragile they are, that just saying something wrong to someone can kill a relationship. Jesus says that hate is murder. We see wars, 
fighting, hatred amongst people. We've all had relationships that struggle. This is all the reality of death and sin that we live with each and every day that is opposite of God's perfect way that he originally created us for. But the worst result of sin is the broken relationship between God and people. Seeing people choose not to believe in God their creator. That is the worst result of sin and death. The perishable cannot enter God's kingdom. By using these words, Paul is giving a concrete way of saying that this world is opposed to the world of God's kingdom. This world of decay is opposed to God's world of flourishment, mortality against immortality. God's intention from the beginning was to have a world where nothing died, physical or relational, a world where God would physically hang out with people. But he cannot even look at sin, let alone live with sin. So because of sin, we are stuck in a losing battle, one that sends us into eternity separated from God and his kingdom. Deep down, we have a desire to be imperishable. We see this with the uh, stats that I shared earlier, how much we spend. But we all sadly end up dying. But there is great news. I've just shared the bad, but there is great news. And Paul quickly goes on to saying the, the good news. There is great news. There is a way to be freed from this curse, to receive victory. And Paul says from, verses, from verse 51 that we will be changed victoriously to perfection. Let's read that from verse 51 to 54. He says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we'll be changed. In the inner flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself, must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. So he's saying here that we can have victory over death. Paul jumps straight into this magnificent news after sharing the bad news. He's claiming to have divine revelation from God as to how to have this victory over death. He says that not everyone will die because at the right time Christ will return and take his people to be with him, changing them in an instant. Both those who are alive at the time and those who have already died. Those that we know that have died as Christians will be raised. And if we die beforehand, we too will be raised. This victory doesn't stop us from dying a physical death before he returns. 
but does mean that we already have victory over death. Whether we die or not before Christ returns to change us, we will all be changed to be perfect, immortal, never to die or never to even grow old again. So if we do die before, it's only temporary, like sleep. In fact, he says that the dead will be raised first. So those who have died beforehand will be the first participants in this glorious victory. Paul uses the phrase, and this is an interesting one that uh, a lot of people can differ with, but we won't go into it today, but that he uses the phrase at the last trumpet. Paul uses this also in 1 Thessalonians 4. So in the Bible, the trumpet call of God indicates that God is acting in a powerful way. The trumpet, this trumpet call of God is, in, is illustrated by the trumpet of Exodus chapter 19. We all remember God's people being called out of the camp to meet together, to meet God at the mountain. So this last trumpet call of God calls God's people out from here up to be with him. This is also prophesied in Zechariah chapter 9, showing that the last trumpet will be one of deliverance, marking God's final and absolute triumph, the final victory over death. Christ is coming. He's coming physically to take us to be with him. This is not possible in our perishable state, which is why he's coming to change us, to be, make us imperishable. In verses 54 to 55, we see he gives us victory over death. He says, The saying will come true that death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your sting? O victory, where, O death, is your sting? When he returns to change us, then we will have the final victory over death. Paul uses a quote from Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8, death has been swallowed up in victory, and Hosea chapter 13 that takes a stab at death and says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? This is like singing that awesome song, We Are the Champions, to the face of death. For Christians, this time signals the death of death, never to be seen again. But he also says in verse 56 about our victory over sin, the cause of death. He says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. You see, physical death is the outworking of spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God himself. And sin separates us from God. So sin is the killer. Sin is the reason for death. Now the law exposes sin. It shows every one of us where we've wronged God by trying to live lives our own way and not his. So for death to be defeated, sin must be also. This victory, we, 
This is a victory we cannot achieve ourselves. We just can't. No matter how much we try, no matter how much effort we put in, we can't win this at all. But how do we receive this victory? Well, our third point today will show us how. From verse 57. If we look at verse 57. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Victory is given through Jesus Christ. Jesus' perfect sacrifice. This victory is already secure because Christ has himself already won the victory. He has defeated sin and he has defeated death. Jesus, the imperishable, immortal God, became perishable, immortal, human. And on behalf of us sinners that he loves, he really wanted to save. Christ became perishable and died in our place, absorbing the sting of death on himself. And because we are imperfect and have all sinned, we failed to fulfill the law, so are deserving of eternal death. We deserve our mortality. But Jesus, though human, lived a perfect life. He fulfilled the law himself. And by fulfilling the law, defeated the power of sin. And though sinless, when, we, when he was put to death on the cross, for our sin, our imperfection that we deserve, he then rose from the dead and defeated death and sin once for all. He has the victory won already. Now forgiveness and perfection are given through faith in Christ, in what he has done. He is now giving us the victory when we put our trust and hope in him and what he's done. We Christians have the victory secure. Though we are waiting for this final event of his return to take place, where our victory will be complete. When we come to a saving faith in our Saviour Jesus Christ, we are brought from death to life. Our relationship with God, the source of life, is restored. We have already been given the victory from death. Now, Nathaniel. All right. Can I please have uh, hmm, two volunteers? Two volunteers. Two volunteers. Two volunteers. Yeah, you two. Come on. All right. Are you, are you good with um, scissors? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you reckon? Uh, um, are you good at uh, killing flowers? Here we go. All right, before we do it, let me uh, just give an illustration here now. This bush, 
represents God, okay? And the flowers represent us, people. Now, how is that so? This bush is the source of life for these flowers. Okay, I want you to cut one off. Uh, cut it. Not, not just a flower, cut it, cut it about there, the branch. I'll hold the whole branch. Yep. Still got my fingers? Cool. All right, so we've got one. You hold that. Your turn. You want to cut this one? Hang on. We'll cut, cut the whole branch, I reckon. Hang on. Cut down here. Down here. Yep, go. Snip. Boom. Oh, that sounded terrible. Oh, no. There's no more flowers on here. Now, so what it is? These scissors represent sin. Now, sin separates us from God, cuts us off from the God, the source of life. Now, what, what, what has just happened to these flowers? They've just started dying, haven't they? Not just the flowers, but the whole branch. So we have... They still look alive, but we, everyone knows. Now, we've, we've all bought flowers. Okay, that now the whole thing in a few days will be dead because they've been cut off from the source of life. Now, when we put our trust in Jesus, he grafts us back into the bush, into the vine, into the source of life, being God. And though the flower still dies, the bush, uh, the, the branch stays alive and is kept alive to produce even more flowers next season to be bigger and better so when we are cut off from God by sin we are restored because of Jesus Christ to God and though we die like the flower our soul is alive which is the branch and we are kept alive but then we will be raised again next season to produce even more and even bigger more beautiful flowers isn't that a beautiful thing? Hey, praise be to God. Now, you can take them back to your lovely mum. So, until our final victory we will temporarily suffer from our physical immortality. But we know that our eternity is secure. We know that. We need to trust in that, that our eternity is secure. Paul says also in his next letter to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians, I love this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. 
since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If and when our bodies cease to function, our souls will be with God, in the presence of God himself, the source of life. And when Christ returns, our dead bodies will be raised from the dead and glorified, made perfect, imperishable. How amazing is this awesome hope? This awesome truth to mean the same. Surely this causes thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. This leads us to our final point. And Paul's main point for, for writing this passage, that this victorious hope would shape the way that we live and the way that we think, that we should serve the Lord in thankfulness. We should serve the Lord in victorious hope. Verse 58. He says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. This perfect victory isn't something we will get. We already have it. We already possess this victory and are just waiting to see it in its fullness. This wonderful truth takes away the need to live in an anxiety-ridden life in an attempt to win life. We've already won. We are like an Olympic gold medalist waiting to receive their gold medal. We can rest in the finished work of Christ. What are the areas of our lives that we are trying to win? Is it money, health, status? What is our motivation? Do we live in a way that shows this victory is real to us? Not something that we believe, and, but doesn't impact the way we live. How would we respond if we were to lose everything, like Job? What if we lost Everything that is valuable on this earth, friends, family, wealth, health, what if you lost it all? Would it destroy us or would, it continue, would we continue to faithfully live to the praise of God for this glorious hope that we have in him, this victory that we have? You see, this victory can never, ever be taken away from us. It is ours forever. If you're trusting in Jesus today, it is yours for eternity. This victory is now and forever. No matter what happens here on earth, no matter what we go through, whether we lose all of our friends and family, lose all our wealth, all our health, no matter what, this victory cannot be taken. It is ours forever. My prayer is that we make this hope of victory, the driving force of our lives, the motivation that gets us through each and every day and influences our every decision. Now, I love Psalms and I've found one that fits really well in here. 
I'm going to read it. Psalm 112. He says, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. In the end, we will look in triumph over death. And all that is bad about this world. With this motivation, we are encouraged to dedicate our lives to serving God. It is because Christ won the victory that we have victory at all. Because of this, we owe him everything. We owe Christ our lives. Christ deserves our total dedication. His love for you and me drove him to die for us. So our response should surely be to live our lives totally dedicated to him. Through this series in 1 Corinthians, we've learned to be bodybuilders, always striving to love and build one another up, to build the church up. The church being the body of Christ is how we can live in love and service to God. We serve by God by serving each other, all so that the church may be edified and God be glorified. Our goal is that the church is edified and God is glorified. This also applies to our personal integrity. How is the image of God and the church shown to outsiders by the way we live? Things that we say and do. Friends, may all that we do and say be for the glory of God because of the victory he's given us. This victorious hope of perfection is our guaranteed reward. All that we do for the Lord is worth it, is worth every effort because we know our reward is eternal glory. Living for Christ is living victoriously, living as a winner. Perfect victory and imper imperishable life are ours inheritance in Christ. Even though we are weak, we will be strong. Even though we are foolish, we will be wise. And even though we are slaves, we are of royal blood. If we truly believe this wholeheartedly, we can walk forward with great confidence, joy and victory. Paul also says in 2 Corinthians, this time in chapter 5, about our resurrection, that God has given us his spirit, guaranteeing what is to come. So we can live with confidence of this victorious hope. Living by faith and not by sight, we make it our goal to please him. He says that for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Friends, knowing and living in hope of perfect victory 
though beauty products can be a good thing, should encourage us to put less energy in staying young and more energy into serving Christ. He is the one who is going to make us perfect forever. If you are struggling from the effects of being in a mortal body, stand firm in this awesome promise that you will soon be immortal, imperishable, in an imperishable kingdom, with a God who loves you. Even if our mortal body dies before Christ returns and transforms our bodies, we will be raised and changed. The truth is that we've been given this victory and will soon enjoy it in its fullness. May this awesome promise drive us to serve the Lord forever. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm going to leave you with these words from Jesus Christ himself. From John chapter 11 verse 25. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will, eat, will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? <laughs>